again, if you're in a market that people are not looking to get a long stay in, and then you set that up, it's possible you won't get any reservations far out. But then that's when the close-in book settings come in to say, once it's within two months or within one month, uh, one month, reduce the minimum stay to two nights, and then start getting the usual reservations. So what we usually recommend our users do is uh, look at your market a little bit, see where say 90% of your bookings come within the last two months, say. Then you can say, okay, outside of two months, let me set a higher minimum stay. Uh, I might not go get those 10% bookings that I used to get, which might have been very short, but I might get these longer bookings because now my calendar is open. So the, the goal now becomes to fill up these longer books, fill up your calendar with these longer bookings far out, and as they get closer, uh, within two months, you're saying, hey, now I have a few pockets of availability left here and there, and I know a big chunk of my reservations, 90% of my reservations, anyways, used to come within the last two months, so I'll, I'll still be able to fill it up. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of live let thrive what's up man episode 80 yeah we're back for episode 80 and we have a special guest joining us we have the co-founder of price labs anorak verma coming on say hello anorak yeah hey guys hey so we have a lot of questions for you um we well i'll go ahead and say it i've been like really really advertising your product because it's really helped me keep my vacancies down um so i've really been advertising you for all over instagram and everything else because guys have, you you have a great product so i want to let yeah. you know that um that's, that's good to hear, yeah. yeah so um, i guess my first question is what made you create this tool because there's so many other pricing tools out there what made you say hey i want to create an airbnb pricing tool um so when we were he was starting off on this. Um, one of my co-founders was hosting on Airbnb. Um, and at that time, nothing was out there that would sort of, you know, help people price their listings, uh, fluctuate prices based on all kinds of uh, events, seasons, and all those things. Um, and I used to do sort of uh, dynamic pricing and those kinds of things for uh, for the airline industry. So I was pretty familiar with how, how these things work. So mm-hmm. we sort of got together and started sort of brainstorming to say, hey, um, at this point, at least at that point when we started, nothing else was there and Airbnb smart pricing wasn't there. Uh, so you're like, hey, there is definitely sort of a need to build something like this, uh, which is when we started off, yeah. Wow. So so you, you didn't have any Airbnbs, just your partner did? Yeah, my partner did. Okay, okay. So just, okay, your yeah. friend got involved. All right, so uh, do you have anything like, first of all, the, the tool that I've been using and taking full advantage of is the far-off pricing tool that everyone seems to love. They always ask me about it. How do you do that? Do you guys have any other tools? I, I don't know. What, what do you guys call it? You call it the, what is it, far-out tool? So, uh, I mean, I guess you're talking about, uh, so there are a couple of things in far-out. There's the minimum stay stuff, so the dynamic minimum stay settings, uh-huh. um, where you can say, by default, I want my minimum stay maybe to be two nights, but then if there's more than, say, two months out, I want the minimum stay to be five nights. Mm-hmm. And then if it is last minute, uh, I want it to be maybe one night uh, within the last week. Because usually what we see is people who book farther out <clears throat> are sort of planning a long vacation or a long stay for whatever reason. And then people who are booking last minute are probably coming in for a short business trip or a short vacation. And, uh, they don't have all the holidays left to to book five nights. So as you get closer, you start pretty much reducing the minimum stays. Is that more or less what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was because then that was what made, drew me to what you have over like because I was using Beyond Pricing. Um, that, that's what really drew me to it because of what that that setting right there because it's helped cut down on my vacancies. Um, go ahead. Anurag. Hello. Yeah, good. Yeah. Hey, um, real quickly, so so 
Well, we're talking. We're, we're talking to the um, co-founder of Price Labs. I'm gonna. I'll reiterate real quick. Yeah. And what Price Labs does, I you know, it helps you with your um, Airbnb pricing. What a lot of um, newbies to Airbnb, they don't. I mean, you know, they start off putting it all at fifty bucks a day or hundred bucks a day, whatever they do, and they just you know put it across the board. And and, and the the people I talk to, like friends at work trying to start this, are like, well, what should I price it at? And I'm like, well, I use a pricing, a third party pricing app. And I currently, you know, I'm I'm ashamed to say it, but I currently use Beyond Pricing. But I'm gonna quickly jump on your on your product if um if it, if it's everything Micah says that it is. But anyways, people ask about well, I don't I don't know how to how should I price it. I'm like, well, it's it's you know, it's a science to it. It really is. And what and what you and what your company provides, I mean, they do the pricing for you. People put the I'm sure if it's like price that um I'm sorry Beyond Pricing, they put it the the minimum and the median and whatever they want to get you know about what they want right. to get per night. And so what you yep. go in and do, and you go into the science of it, like kind of like hotels pay people to price their, their product for them, and you, and you yep. price it as optimally as possible. And not only that, you make it where they can like um, rent out, if they midweek they want to rent out three nights in a row or four nights in a row or even the weekends, and they can, you can adjust it you know, and fine-tune it. I'm thinking like you can fine-tune it even more than what like a beyond pricing pricing app can do and um yeah yeah. so go ahead yeah no no i mean you're absolutely right so we we have the the basic settings but we also provide sort of a lot of um fine-tuning or advanced features for sort of people who who are uh, who are professional in some ways in, in what they want to do so you can specify a minimum price but you can also specify a different minimum price for weekends for example or you could specify that if it is more than six months out, I don't want any reservation cheaper than, say, 150 bucks a night, even if your average price was 100 bucks a night, to say, that far out, I'll only take a reservation if it's really expensive. Um, yeah, so there are like a lot of these uh, bells and whistles around to, to say, okay, how do I, uh, how do I see sort of, you know, further personalize the pricing or customize the pricing to what I need and just not have sort of the, what everyone gets in some ways, because each individual could have a very different strategy about what they want from their listing and how they see the market in some ways. Right, right. And um, the more we can tinker with our business, I mean, the the more optimal, the more optimal it will be, I mean, for sure. Yeah. And that's okay. What one? I'm gonna jump. I'm sorry. I'm jumping in on this thing, but <laughs> one thing that that frustrates me, for example, yeah. with um, with Beyond Pricing. Okay, let's yeah. say let's say I wanna. Oh, I see some an event coming. Beyond Pricing didn't catch it, and I'm just yeah. coming this weekend. Taylor Swift's coming to town. I wanna jack up my prices to let's say two hundred bucks a night, and right. I'll go and do it in directly in the. Um, in the uh, uh, in, on the Airbnb page, and right. if I forget to go back to Beyond Pricing and turn off their um, auto, you know, their pricing tool, they're going to change it right. back to sixty bucks a night, you know, and with <laughs> and that kind of frustrates me. And I wonder what y'all have the, to kind of like get around that or to or to, you know fix that problem. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So in in Price Labs, what you can do is is you can say, hey, I know this event is coming up. And maybe we increase the prices by 20% and you want to say, hey, I want to add like a further 50%. Uh, or you know the price that you want to set. So in Price Labs, you can tell us, hey, for these three dates, set my price to 200 bucks. And then from then on, we stop using our calculations and we just use what you have told us. Ah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And then that that's one option. The other option is to come in and instead of setting a fixed price, you can also say, Hey, bump up the rates by 50%. Um, and then that way the rates go up. But then as the rates get closer and it's last minute and it's still not booked, instead of staying at 200, they will start coming down so that you can still have a better chance of getting a booking. Nice, nice. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm going deep into this, but you can also specify that, hey, for these dates, um, do your own thing, but make sure the price is at least 200. So maybe, maybe our calculations eventually show up that hey, you can rent it for 250. In which case, we'll say 250. But then, as it gets closer, and maybe the price we calculate becomes less than 200, then we'll say hey, because because you as a user said don't go below 200, we stick to 200. 
Oh, okay, okay. So, me Steve was just writing something, and it was the question I had, too. Because one, one thing I noticed, because ever since I put on the far out pricing that you have to stay a minimum of four nights, I get all these inquiries coming in that for people that truly want to stay for like 30 days, 15 days, do, how do you guys get it to, are you guys bumping the listing up in those searches when that happens? Because I was like, man, I don't know how I'm getting all these people asking about this all of a sudden, because I wish I would have started a long time ago. Is that, how, is that kind of how you guys do it? So, uh, it, it depends on each market, but mm-hmm. I suppose if you're getting these inquiries, then there are people in your market who want to stay for a long long stay. Uh, and because your minimum stay is four nights or five nights, uh, you're not getting these one-off reservations like five months in advance or four months in advance, which means your calendar is open while other people might have a day here or there booked. Um, mm-hmm. So you are sort of the one of the few listings that's available for, for that duration that people are searching for. Gotcha. Is that? Nice, nice. Um, I guess, and and when Micah, see, that's the thing. I had a similar question when Micah was explaining to me, like he's got yeah. these, um, you know, four night minimum, five night minimums. I'm like, ah, oh, man, you're not gonna appear on a lot of people's searches on Airbnb when they're looking for just, you know, doing uh, two nights. Uh, Two nights in February fifteenth or something like that. You're not going to pop up right. because you haven't set at you know four night minimum. Now, as and apparently that's not a big problem because he's just got like solid bookings for all these months. So how how, how is and I guess you kind of answered it with, with what you previously said, but that's what that was my big question was how does he get the visibility when he has these um, set up these big long minimum stays set up? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess again, if you're in a market that people are not looking to get a long stay in and then you set that up, it's possible you won't get any reservations far out. But then that's when the closing book settings come in to say once it's within two months or within one month, uh, one month, reduce the minimum stay to two nights and then start getting the usual reservations. So what we usually recommend our users do is uh, look at your market a little bit, see where, say, 90% of your bookings come within the last two months, say. Then you can say, okay, outside of two months, let me set a higher minimum stay. Uh, I might not go get those 10% bookings that I used to get, which might have been very short, but I might get these longer bookings because now my calendar is open. So the, the goal now becomes to fill up these longer books, fill up your calendar with these longer bookings far out. And as they get closer, uh, within two months, you're saying, hey, now I have a few pockets of availability left here and there, and I know a big chunk of my reservations, 90% of my reservations, anyways used to come within the last two months, so I'll, I'll still be able to fill it up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That is that is awesome. And um, and so you're you're a co-founder on this. Um, when exactly did y'all form, and was there already like sort of pricing apps out there that uh, when when y'all decided to make this company? Uh, when we were getting started, when we were just exploring the idea, there was nothing else. I think by the time we launched, within the last, within the two months before we launched, uh, both Beyond Pricing and Everbook launched as well. So I guess by the time we launched, there were other people, but at the time we started exploring the idea, there was nothing else. Oh, okay. Wow. So has has beyond pricing because I, I I'm in a lot of we're in like a lot of Airbnb professional host forums on Facebook and you know how what what like I guess my question would be like what were the trials and tribulations of starting a startup with those and have has that been a big competition for you getting people off of like beyond pricing? Uh it's it's hard to say because the market itself like the Airbnb. Uh, or the vacation rental industry, I won't say just Airbnb because there is a lot more to it. Like Airbnb is new in some ways. There's been no way for about 20 plus years, and not 20 plus, but still a lot before Airbnb. There's TripAdvisor, there's Booking.com and all of that. So the vacation rental industry has been there for a long time. Uh, so the, And what happened with Airbnb, it's really started growing. Like uh, in the mm-hmm. last few years since Airbnb started, it's been growing so much that Yes, we frequently get people who uh, have been using Beyond Pricing and then they want to 
see if there is something better out there or there are people who, who have never used anything um, and there are plenty of people who, who don't use anything who, who just explore and, and find out that okay uh, we can use tri and uh, so yeah I mean, I mean of course there is competition because um, there are a few people in this industry doing the same thing so <laughs> there has to be competition mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time there's it is a big growing industry so uh, yes there is always uh, you are always going to run into people who are already using something and so don't want to switch over but uh, there are also plenty of people who, who don't use anything so I'm going to jump ahead right quickly here because this, this just popped mm-hmm. into my head. We jump all over on this show, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. so let's say, okay, and I'll, and I'll try to uh, combine it all together and bring it back full circle, which is what I usually do. But the, um, there's a lot of city bans going on in cities all over the, the country, all over the world, um, trying to ban Airbnb. By trying to ban VRBO yeah. short-term rentals. So, yeah, yeah. what a lot of people are doing, and, and we kind of try to preach on this show, I'm, you know, try to respect the laws, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Um, people are, um, are making, they want to make their own websites. Also, to, to have more control over their own properties. Instead of having Airbnb tell them what they can and can't do in their own house, they want to have, right. they can make their own websites and make their own bookings kind of thing. Is there a way that you could that you can work with people in their individual websites, or do y'all like provide maybe like a website platform for them to use your product? So we we integrate with about I think twenty five uh, property management systems. So uh, things like uh, Guesty or uh, or Rental or Beds Twenty Four or Reezy or uh, and there are a lot of these, and uh, I'm just naming the first few that we integrated with. But uh, and there are ones that are, uh, I think, uh, Guesty is especially in the urban areas. Guesty seems to be quite popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, these websites, uh, sorry, these property management systems, we can send our price recommendations to these guys, uh, and they send these prices into. Uh, booking.com or Airbnb or TripAdvisor. Uh, and also, if you have your own website plugged into that BMS, then then to that website as well. Oh, nice, nice. So y'all yeah, never... Yeah. Y'all- Y'all never thought of going into like um, y- y'all providing like a-, a website or format for people to use your product on. Y'all never thought of doing something like that. Um, not not really. I mean, pricing uh, as a problem is hard enough to to try and solve <laughs> <laughs> new pricing new problems here and there. Uh, but yeah, not yet at least. So, so in a way, you're kind of being like Airbnb. They don't buy in the houses and, and maintain the houses. They just make money off okay. of other people's houses. And uh, so, so you're doing then, you're making money off other people's websites in a way. Other, you know, man, that's that's just kind of what I was right. getting at. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> kind of yeah. You can say we we help other people price it right and then take a fee for that. Yeah. There you go. And what what kind of fee do y'all take for for that? So our fees are, are dependent on where you are and how many listings you use us for. Um, so if you're in, say, US or Canada or Europe, um, the fees come to around 20 bucks if you have if you use us for one listing. Uh, and, if, and as it scales up, uh, it, it keeps getting cheaper. So if you have 100 listings that you use us for, it would be around six and a half bucks per listing per month. That's cheap, man. Yeah, fairly, fairly cheap. Um, no, yeah, no, very cheap. Um, or you, you had a question? I have a question, oh, real, real quick. Uh, <laughs> so, so bringing it back because, like I said, we jump around. Um, what kind of background do you have, or the founder? You know, the you're a co-founder. What kind of um, background do y'all have? Like math, science, and programming. I mean, to start something as as big yeah. as this. Right. So, um, I have. A PhD in uh, a field called operations research, which is like applied math. Nice. Um, and one of my other co-founders is a computer scientist. So, uh, yeah, you, you you need to know coding. You need to know. I mean, if you're going into something which is fairly analytical, you need to know like math and statistics and those kinds of things. Uh, and then 
for me, from my side at least, I'm, I mean, working at the airline industry to do pricing there because the airline industry sort of started this whole dynamic pricing thing. Uh, also helps a lot just knowing what kind of things are done in other industries that ideas that we can borrow from there, for example. <coughs> yeah. So, so you said airline industry is what started the pricing thing? Yeah, airlines were the first ones to uh, to dynamically price uh, and and do this whole revenue management kind of a thing back in I think the seventies or the eighties, one of those. Hmm. Oh, I did, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, the yeah. price wars, man. The price wars. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, so, being price like- wars is a part of it, but also like you know, just changing prices depending on whether somebody is traveling uh, over the weekend or a long trip or a short trip. Usually short trips cost more than long trips and things like that. Um, or even as you get closer to to the to when the flight is, should the prices change or not and those kinds of things, yeah. Oh yeah, big time. And um, on that note, would you ever work with, like, I mean, of course, the other, you know, work you integrate with all kinds of systems uh dealing with short-term rentals but like um you've heard of um turo right the company turo yeah yeah the the car sharing guys yeah car sharing car I mean, people can rent their own cars yeah. on there now do y'all do y'all uh, operate on those um platforms no uh you're pretty much uh, in the short-term rentals right now okay would you guys ever go that way, or just purely, purely sticking to short-term rentals? Well, um, that's a hard question to answer. Ever. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe, like in a few years, if uh, if if we find out enough about that industry and how it works, and there is a need, um, maybe, yeah. Follow the money, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if there's no need for it, then. Uh, going and doing it would be sort of thing. and I actually don't know how exactly Turo works is, is it exactly the same as Airbnb? Uh, yeah, it's, it's very similar. It's pretty much you're doing the same exact thing. You have a calendar and you say when right. your car is available and then you have it priced at different prices. So it, it'd be very similar. Um, but I'm not sure, and that's another question I had for you. I'm not sure if Turo has an open API. Um, how hard was it so, to integrate with uh, Airbnb's API? Were they pretty open with you? Uh, that's a question I would not like to answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. That's fine. Um, we've already we've already pissed Airbnb and off <laughs> plenty in our time for sure. Um, okay, a startup. Okay, so who who did you start this company with? A, a friend, I assume. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, friend from undergrad and then another friend who we knew through a different friend from undergrad so yeah and th- and this part fascinates me you know becoming a a startup company and becoming you know and then splitting it up as hey i'm ceo you're cfo or whatever ho- however that happens and and then the yeah. money comes rolling in i don't i don't i don't know how exactly y'all's went but i mean how was that the first uh, I guess the first few months first year was I mean it must have been pretty difficult I assume yes and no I mean in some ways we kind of were uh, we had our own very uh, sort of well demarcated set of things that we all did uh, which meant uh, we were all busy doing our own things and not meddling into other stuff Uh, but yeah, at the same time, I mean, anytime you start something new, it is fairly, uh, fairly challenging. You you don't know um, how well it works, uh, whether people at uh, back then we knew we wanted it, but uh, you cannot be sure if everybody wants what you're building. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, it, it's how do I say this? Um, and you get to just, I mean, it is. Quite, I mean, plus because you're building it from scratch, there is sort of no blueprint for how it should work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we had to figure out how the how the flow on the UI should work, 
uh, how to come up with price recommendations itself. It was, uh, I mean, we had ideas based on how things work in airlines or hotels, but there are so many unique things about short-term rentals that it, it's very different in many ways. Does that? Yeah, that's great. Um, that's that's. Um, it is challenging. I mean, it's challenging to do a business by yourself, let alone add people to the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, did so y'all had y'all already had pretty good day jobs, I assume. And did y'all start doing this like as a side project, and or do y'all still have yep. day day jobs and then just jump right, yep. you know, hundred percent into it? Yeah, yeah, more or less. So I mean, uh, we we all uh, started this uh, as a side thing, and then uh, sort of made up. Do you have like any um, case studies that you like to talk about? Like um, someone came to y'all that was renting probably at about I don't I don't just just throwing some numbers out there, written at fifty percent capacity at a certain price, and you got them up to like ninety. I don't I, you know I'm just saying throwing numbers yeah. out there. Are there any like case studies that you could um, that you could like highlight for us? Oh, yeah. We are actually um, building a few case studies with some of our users who've been around with us for like a couple of years. Um, but uh, anecdotally, we have we have heard from from a lot of users. Uh, I mean, we have our own internal things that uh, metrics that we track to say, okay, how how, how are different users doing. But anecdotally, like there are customers who, who have actually come and told us, hey, uh, we didn't really expect to do this well, um, and uh, they've just been like really happy. Again, I mean. Uh, how much of a benefit you see depends a lot also on how well you use any tool, not just us. Uh, so there are people who don't see as much. Maybe they see 5%, 10%. And there, are, there was one person who actually in a forum like, was mentioning how uh, how they got something like 80% year-over-year improvement uh, in, in revenue. Now, I don't know if all of that can be attributed to us because uh, it's quite possible that um, there are other things that were going on in the market that also led to that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, the other thing with case studies, uh, we internally, when we measure, we have seen somewhere on average maybe around so anywhere between 5 to 30%. But um, it's, it's so hard to measure in some ways because a lot of our customers tend to be uh, professional property managers who are, who are managing uh, a large portfolio of listings. And that portfolio is, in a lot of cases, always growing, uh, which means uh, it's hard to say, uh, and a lot of times it's the properties that were there last year are not there anymore and new properties have come in and, and all kinds of things are moving around. So it's hard to say uh, month over month or year over year exactly how it's doing, but yeah. Uh, but we are trying to do a few case studies with <coughs> some of our sort of users who have been around for a while to say, okay, what kind of difference do you think it's making? Nice, nice. I've got a, a case study for you and a and a rag yep. and a rag. Mm-hmm. This is my buddy right here, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, how long have you been using Price Labs, and what has it done for your business? That's a good question. I've been using it since Syed told me to use it, which was episode sixty-seven. So that's probably, what, two months ago? So about two months, and I know for sure. I've, it, it's been Price Labs that does it for me because I know for a fact I haven't had that many. That was why I had so many questions about how I appear in the listing because I had never been inquired about these long-term bookings at that rate so fast. Like just 10 minutes ago before we got off our last cast, someone 
inquired about, I think, 90 night, 94 nights. So it's just like, geez, you know, and I, I, that's why I think you're, you're, the tool is like really taking it to a whole nother level just simply because of how booked you can stay. And I know so many people that just want that long-term booking to be hands-off, you know, because I have my little rock house. Someone's in there for three months right now. And, and as Anurag pointed out, yeah. I, I, I hope I'm not butchering your name. Um, as as our buddy pointed out, um, just lost my train of thought. But uh, <laughs> kind of good, but you're good enough. And and okay, can you say your name again one more time? I'm sorry. Um, so I think the A in the end is more like uh, Anur- a. Anurag. 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 Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, and as he pointed out earlier, he said that it's like any tool, it's how you use it. You know, mm-hmm. y'all provide, like, um, let's just say a, a 12-string guitar as opposed to, let's say, beyond pricing or somebody providing a ukulele. You can only do so much with the 4-string ukulele, but with a 12-string guitar, you got all kinds of more things, you know, notes and, um, you know, scales you can do. Mm-hmm. And so, how how are... How are you using it yourself, Mike? I want to know. I mean, what what are your, your little tricks and quirks that you've learned doing it? And maybe Anurag can like um, comment on those. Mine was the main one I'm using for the long-term bookings is the four-night minimum stay. And kind of to go back to what you were saying, you were like, hey, but you won't show up in those smaller two, three-night stays. That's actually a good thing because what's, what happens is let's say you don't get booked for those two and three nights. And someone books you long term, and let's say someone doesn't book you long term, the good thing is, you that, when that twenty that twenty night is going to start slowly creeping to an end. So then those people can then go ahead and book those places. So they're booking them more last minute than long term. So that that was my biggest thing is just the four night minimum. And I might and you he actually gave me a good idea with like hey if you want to do hey sixty nights out you have to stay for a whole week or a whole seven days. I'm, I'm actually going to look into that. But yeah, that's how I use it. Which keeps me booked. You got any comments on that, AV? I'm no, uh, that, that's, uh, yeah, that's a fairly common way people use uh, those minimum stay settings. Yeah. Yeah. The the other thing people tend to do is uh, suppose you know there is a big event coming up, uh, and and it depends on each city what kind of events come up or what holidays there are, but. If it's a week-long event, uh, you can say that, hey, I don't want to take anything shorter than seven nights during this duration because I know people come here for this event and stay the entire duration. And if you get a one-night or two-night stay in the middle of that week, or even a five-night stay, then you're pretty much saying, hey, anybody who wants the entire week can't book. Uh, So you can select different periods and say, for this period, I, I just want seven nights. Now, as it gets closer, you might want to just remove it if it's still not booked. Uh, but then, if it's far out, you can you can sort of force that. And, and a lot of times, especially for big events, uh, that would happen. And, and seven nights, I'm giving an example, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's, uh, for, for, uh, for Fourth of July, it might be four nights or three nights, depending on which day it falls on and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. And do you, and this is always, you know, like I was talking about earlier about um, cities starting to ban, you know, short-term rentals and stuff like that. Have you noticed any any impact at all on your business yet, or do you see any? Uh, do you foresee any impact coming your way? Um, we, I mean, it's hard to say which which way it goes, and I mean that uh, that that's a battle or that's a fair battle that. Uh, is best sorted out between the cities and Airbnb or other companies. Uh, but yeah, I'm, it's, it's really hard to say which way it will go. Uh, but there are plenty of, there are urban rentals, but there are also um, sort of vacation rentals in locations that that are not necessarily, that, where the entire industry depends on tourism. So uh, where we know that these industries have been there for 30 years and it's not going away. Uh, mm-hmm. So cities might ban it, but those places will not. So there's always, short-term rentals will probably be there in some capacity. So I know a lot of European cities have <coughs> sort of this 90-day rule, which uh, 
which makes sense in, in many ways to say you can rent at most 90 days short term. Uh, I think London has something like that. Uh, and then the rest has to be long term. So, uh, yeah, I mean, each city is going to come up with some form of a rule to regulate it. Uh, outright ban, it's, it's hard to say. But, yeah, that's, that's not something in our control. So, uh, not something we... Uh, we, we should worry about too much in Yeah. And now, um, you know, we a lot of our listeners, you know, they, they do Airbnb or they're looking to do Airbnb, short-term rental kind of thing. And um, I don't think the hotel industry listens to our show, not too much. But I was wondering, yeah. do, you, do you actually, do y'all do pricing for, like, hotels? Uh, boutique hotels, yes. Uh, so we have a few customers uh, that manage boutique hotels, which uh, also list on Airbnb sometimes, or sometimes they don't list on Airbnb, but they list on Booking.com, uh, and, and those we work, work with. Largest hotels uh, usually know because uh, there are sort of well-established uh, pricing systems for larger hotels that, that work a little differently. I mean, part of the reason short-term rentals are different is that each listing is unique and when you get to boutique hotels you can still somewhat say that but if you're a large hotel with 200 of the same room uh, the the underlying algorithms and math works a little differently uh, and those those sort of systems uh, already a lot of them exist not to say that uh, nobody no large hotels uses I mean I know a lot of food that have started using or in the last year or so, <clears throat> but yeah, for the most part, uh, large hotel chains is not what what we're targeting. Well, I have a question. What other because you earlier you guys you said you were in U.S., Canada, and Europe, right? Are you guys in any other countries? Because I know like places like Japan, yeah. China. Yeah, what are you guys in any uh, other countries? So I, I mentioned U.S., Canada, and Europe because they have one pricing tier mm-hmm. and then there is another pricing tier for the the rest of the world and, and we have customers in in all kinds of places so we I mean I think the remotest customer we have is somewhere in the middle of Pacific like close to New Zealand not even close to New Zealand like very far away from anything that you would see on the map unless you're really zoomed in Fiji? Um, yeah <laughs> wow. Is that again? Is it Fiji? Uh, no, Fiji, it, it was much smaller than Fiji. Uh, it was, I think it was called Niu or something like that, like Cook Islands, like a part of Cook Islands or something like that. Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we have, we have a lot of customers in, in Asia, in Australia. Uh, we have customers in Africa. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Now, now, going back real quick, so you, you had mentioned boutique hotels earlier. And this is one of yeah. my, um, I guess, my predictions. Um, is there, is there going to be, because with the bands coming and stuff like that, is there going to be, do you, I mean, you're in the front lines, so do you see, like, a, I would say explosion of boutique-style hotels? Or do you see, like, a, a big uptick on these, on these uh, boutique-style hotels? Why am I on the front line? Oh, because you do the pricing and you, you kind of notice who's um, signing up and stuff uh-huh. like that. Got it. Uh, mm. You seeing more yep. and more boutique hotels signing up using your pricing? They are signing up to use our pricing, but I don't know if these are boutique hotels, hotels that are springing up now or have they ever like, always existed for the last whatever, 10 years or so. Uh, hmm. Uh, so I don't know if, if city banning has anything to do with it's hard. Hotels. It's hard to tell. That's just that's just my little prediction that um, all these people that used to do Airbnb from their home might you right. know they might enjoy this little hospitality business going on and they might look into doing um ah, well if I can't if yeah. I can't win against the city I'll just form my own little boutique hotel and do it the you know do that, it that way. That's a fair point. There are a lot more people who now are experts in in the hospitality industry. Yeah, you'll see yeah. very soon the the Live Let Thrive Hotel here in Arlington. So look us up. <laughs> so, 
Has uh, has HomeAway reached out to you guys to integrate with them directly or not? You no. Know? Um, no. Uh, I don't. We we want to do that integration at some point. It will happen hopefully. Oh. Okay. Uh, but yeah, right now it's it all has to go through uh, a property management system or a channel manager. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. Um. Well, how do you see your company growing even more than it has? And let's say, what do you see yourselves in the next um, 10 years? I know that's a broad question, but what do you see for the future yeah. of Price Labs? Um, 10 years. Uh, you could do five years, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, so in terms of the broad uh, industry itself, I think... Uh, we we are still like used by a very small fraction of of all people who do short term rentals. So there's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of scope uh, to grow uh, from where we are right now into into something larger. Uh, and then, uh, like you said, like we'll be we are doing short term rentals, and then we're uh, at some point, uh, boutique—I mean, boutique hotels are already using us. Um, so it will start. I mean, we we really don't know if we want to go that direction, but uh, maybe we end up going that direction. Or, uh, but yeah, within I mean, within next five years is I would say still a, a short time in some ways to say. Uh, that I'm pretty sure in the next five years the industry will keep growing. And people's users, hopefully, will keep growing. But we would still, I mean, there still be plenty of people who don't use any pricing, uh, pricing tools. So there will still be a scope for us to improve our product and scope for us to reach out to new folks to say, hey, you, you can benefit from using something like this. That's cool, man. Do y'all, um, do y'all have plans to IPO in the next five or ten years? Wow. Um, I had. I really don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, aim for the stars, um, right? Not a question that had uh, crossed our minds. Uh, okay. At least my mind at all. Yeah. <laughs> Probably you, not. Just, just um, share a hunt. Uh, keep a hundred shares on the on the side for me, if you could. <laughs> <laughs> <Ivy. laughs> yeah, another yeah. thing um y'all are you know we're gonna ask you know how to reach y'all and all that stuff but um y'all are pricelabs.co correct yes yeah and and why co instead of um dot com it's a silly question I don't know. uh because dot com is expensive and somebody's sitting on it uh ah. There's so, an entire industry around this. Yeah, yeah. They they yeah. buy and hold and flipping <laughs> website. Um, uh, what's it called? Domains. Yeah, domain. What's it called? Domain snipers. Domain. <laughs> That's what they call them. Wow. How much are they wanting for that? Um, Pricelabs.com. I don't really. I don't really know, but like way back uh, when we started, it was it was not something we thought would be worth it. So. Uh, we haven't really, and most of our customers, like, if you Google us, you'll, you'll find us. Um, yeah. It, it, I mean, the absence of .com, I, it, it's hard to tell how much, but most people now uh, know that it's not .com. It could be .io, it could be .co, it could be .whatever. Yeah, and that's... Um when and when Micah told me about Price Labs, so I, I instantly typed in PriceLabs.com, of course, and I got to that page where it says you can purchase this um, domain. This domain is for sale or whatever, and I'm like, what the yeah. hell? Where what, this is this? Okay, I'm just telling you what I saw. I, I you know I, we, we speak off the cuff here, and I'm like, what what kind of um, this, this is me? What kind of professional big company that I'm going to trust with my um, with my listings is this? 
and it doesn't even have a dot com. And then I, of course, as soon as I Googled it, it took me to to y'all to your price labs dot co, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's uh, that's that's cool. It just it just added an extra couple steps to me to me finding you guys. But I mean, like you okay. said, people are getting more hip to it and stuff. But that was just my initial um, reaction. Right. No, that that's good to know. Uh, yeah, something we look into. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> just yeah, I'm just. <laughs> To, to Micah, I mean, did, did that even make a difference to you at all? No, because I know m- most of the like um, automations nowadays, like um, even the uh, like the messaging automations, they're either .o or .co, .io or .co, and that is exactly for the reason you just said. Um, a lot of the, like when the, and that's another thing we had to talk about too. When these big companies like Airbnb take off, and like all these like you always call it the picks and shovels around it, people start sniping those domains. Like so, for example, I'll just use my website for example. My web website is sharebnb.com. I paid three thousand dollars for it, but eventually I got my money back. But yeah, you you for a startup cost, I didn't buy it at startup. I bought it later on down the line when my business was rolling. So yeah, it it, it gets expensive. I've seen websites for ten thousand dollars. Like I think, um, and a lot of the internet stuff it started to stop after the guy who held up mlb.com. And they had to pay him all that money, and that hmm. was like the last time they're like, "Hey, we can't, we can't let these people just snipe up domains." Because like they, the guy who bought MLB, he retired off that. Wow. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. So and, and if honestly, another thing, if you really want to make some money, you see all this new stuff coming, like something new starts coming to town, go buy their dot com. It and I listen to podcasts about you know startup businesses and stuff mm-hmm. like that, or. Um, and you know different business, business podcasts, and I and I hear man, they'll pay if they know they got a good idea and stuff like that. They've been paying like six figures for a domain name that yeah. someone's sitting on. I mean, it's insane. But you also have to realize that domain name only gets it only becomes six figures because people are typing it in, and that's how the, the they hold that domain. Like, hey, this right. is worth five thousand dollars. This is how many people are typing it in. So. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, you know. It's interesting, and see, you're and you're a computer programmer, right? Well, and well, I'm engineer, engineer, engineer and yeah. so you you're in that industry, and you know yeah. that. Me as a as a novice, I I don't I'm not an engineer or or programmer <laughs> or nothing. Just like I said, that shit was that was my initial feel, and that just did it did gave me enough pause. Like, is Micah sure what he's talking about? Because they don't <laughs> even have a .dot com. And yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start giving them my credit card information and stuff. I guess I don't know I know it's it's just an old school or um, a non informed way to look at it. But I, I'm, I'm like I felt weary about giving my credit card information to a a, a .co. Where I did I don't really know so much about .co. The it's they all say secure, right? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> if they don't say secure. You better be careful. See another thing that a lot of people I don't think yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking at it as yeah, a novice yeah. as like someone that's just um yeah. If you don't yeah. see the green secure, you be careful. Price Labs has yeah. it. Yeah, but so just letting all your all our fans know, Micah, he's a he's a freaking professional in that field. <laughs> he knows it's safe. He knows it's a great company, and it's put a lot of a lot of money in his pocket. So there you go. So it's it's safe. Use it, and um, yeah, there you go. Definitely, it is safe. It's definitely a great product. Hey, do, do you guys, Av, do you guys have anything coming that? Uh, you know, any new tools that you're going to add on, you know, any new pricing strategies that you're going to add on to the tool? Uh, yes, but also, I, I don't know if uh, if you've been using it for two plus months, you probably got a product updates. I don't know if, you, if you've read them, but there have been a couple of them la- in the last two months. Uh, and some of them were around, like, how do you manage pricing if you have or how do you manage things in your price labs account if you have like hundred or two hundred or you have customers with more than a thousand of things? Uh, mm. How do you manage prices more easily if you have that kind of uh, a scale in some ways? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are there are, you can do things where you can say uh, for all my listings in this location, I want this minimum stay setting. So you're not tinkering with each listing individually. Mm-hmm. You can instead create a group and say, for all the listings that belong to this group, I can just control the settings from one place or I can control the prices from one place. Uh, so I can say for everything that, uh, I think you're in Dallas, so for everything that's in Dallas during this big holiday, and I don't know what the 
event would be, but uh, I want to increase my price by 30% further and make my minimum stay three nights. And you can do this like with one click for all your properties in Dallas instead of going into, you know, mm-hmm. 20, 30, 30 calendars. Uh, then there is going to be a little more finer controls. Uh, we, we always have to find that right balance between uh, giving further controls to our users versus uh, versus holding them back if we think they're not going to be as useful because there is also a point where it becomes too complicated for an average user to say, hey, there are so many options, I don't know what to do. Um, so we always want to ma- maintain that balance of uh, giving the right options so that people are able to use it effectively without getting too confused. Uh, so yeah, we, are, we are still... We have a few things up our sleeves which we are trying, trying to debate on. Okay, how do we best present it so it's, it's not too confusing in some ways. Nice, nice. Wow. Yes. Okay, a couple more questions before we, yeah. I see you were worried we wouldn't have enough to talk about, but there's plenty to talk about. And especially, yeah, um, yeah this is this is all fascinating stuff to us because we're, um, we're pricing nerds, right? <laughs> pricing nerds. <laughs> pricing and, uh, it's gotten to the point. I'm not as, as advanced as Micah, and, uh, and, um, and I do want to try your product so badly. And but but it's gotten to the point where like a buddy like I said would would say hey I, I'm starting to rent a room out of my house or I'm going to rent this and that here's here's my thing help me with it and I just see fifty dollars all the way across the board into affinity and I'm like you got to work on the pricing bro it is crucial to work on your pricing but um, yeah, yeah. what I was going to say um, okay you you know you do the pricing for you know you the, the end of the industry but. Have you ever um, considered or have you ever rented uh, out a room in your house or rented out a, a, a house or on Airbnb just to – maybe not because you wanted to make a little profit, but just for the science of it? Or have you ever considered doing it yourself? Uh, my co-founder has. Um, I haven't. Actually, both my co-founders have. Uh, the, the second co-founder actually started renting out uh, just to pretty much – learn how all of this works. Um, I am more of a data person, so I mean, I know what numbers to look for and what they mean in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I've been in, like again, uh, been in the airline industry, so it, uh, what kind of strategies will work and what won't and all those kinds of things, I, I came with some background on. Uh, yeah, I personally have, have not tried to host uh, but yeah, both my co-founders have. That's interesting. That's interesting. Oh. So they wanted to get that um, hands-on experience. That's cool. Yeah. So I mean, with the first one, the, the entire thing started because he uh, he was hosting, and he noticed that there's nothing to help change prices dynamically, and and that's why this entire conversation started to 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 build something that will help people do it. Uh, the second co-founder did it after we started building to say, okay, I want to I want to learn this a little better and actually host people right right yeah. that's cool man i dig that and that's and that's um you know we do a, a podcast about um airbnb home share single um short-term rentals and when we started i didn't i didn't even host you know i just thought it was a cool thing i used it all the time when i traveled yeah. but i didn't yeah, host same thing. yeah yeah and then micah told me about him hosting out of his house and then him doing you know renting out timeshares and stuff like that and that's what I was like, man. And I was in between moving, getting another house, and I was going to turn the other one into a long-term rental. And I was like, man, you know, I got to at least try it for my own sake, just so I can it, it talk about, you know, to have have stuff to talk about on the show and to relate to to the renters out there, the hosts out there, and stuff like that. So I could see I could see it both ways. And Micah, he was already doing it, and and he knew the data side of it. You know, but I just really needed to get my hands dirty, and and literally I've gotten my hands dirty doing this stuff. But <laughs> but it's if it's not been rewarding profit wise, and it has been a little bit, um, it's been re- rewarding um, knowledge wise, and I think that's cool that that couple of the co-founders actually you know tried it out or do it or or did it just uh, you know for the knowledge fact that point of it. Definitely. And I had another question real quick before we. Um, before we wrap this up, man, it's been a great interview. It's been a fascinating interview. Wouldn't you agree, Micah? Yes, sir. Um, the um, 
advice advice to people because we have i mean and we're, we're a show about you know short-term rentals but we're also about just you know hustling at whatever business you know you're trying to start or you're trying to get up and up and going and um do you have it's not maybe a little bit of a broad question but do you have advice to like um to people that want to take a leap and, and start their own thing you know maybe they're in a field and they see like they oh i could do it better or or they want they just always wanted to try something and, and make a business out of it do you have any advice on on like um how to get started um uh, hard to say but no i mean if, if if you have an idea then uh try to make it work as in try to I guess it, it doesn't harm you to try it on site uh, and and see where you can take it. And if if it's leading you somewhere good, then then just keep going someplace, right? I mean, uh, if if you if you come up with something and say, hey, I can do this better, and and you actually don't end up trying, then uh, then yeah, it's it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, I know that I mean it's it's a very well known fact that I'm repeating, but uh, I guess that's. <laughs> Pretty much what I can come up with right now. Yeah, just try it. <laughs> just try it. There you go. Just do it. Like just Nike. try it out, man. Well, we appreciate yeah. you hopping on with us, man. We know no, Micah no. swears by your product. You don't. You don't pay him for an endorsement or nothing. <laughs> Not that we're reaching out for one. But um, could you, yeah. Um, yeah, tell people where to where to find y'all. And um, and is there y'all have like a maybe a do y'all do like a month free or do you have like you know tell them tell them the that we sent y'all kind of thing or yeah we're, yeah, we're yeah. information about your um your your awesome company yeah so the URL the the big discussion around that helps but it's price labs p r i c e l a b s dot c o it's not dot com so it's price labs dot c o uh, and if you have questions, you can you can email us at support at priceless.co. Uh, we're, we're pretty responsive there. Uh, in terms of free trial, yes, like when you sign up, there is a one month free trial where you can you can review prices, you can play around with things. If you if you are comfortable with it, you can also start syncing them right away. Uh, but if you just want to try things out. You can actually try things out without making anything live on Airbnb or or your PMS, uh, and we actually recommend that. Like the first time you log in, if you have like ten listings, maybe try it for one or two listings and 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 see it during your trial as and become comfortable with how things work before you you know turn on all ten listings in some ways. Uh, and then again, uh, during the free trial, there's no credit card or anything required. Uh, and then at the end of the month, you kind of decide, okay, do I want to continue using this or not? Uh, and yeah, uh, that's that's more or less uh, how the free trial works. So there's, there's a lot more information and a video demo and uh, all of that available on our website. Uh, so yeah, if you want to learn more, just hop onto the website, see the video, read up all the stuff there, or just email us and, and we point you to the right stuff. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you hopping on. Any closing thoughts, Mike? Yeah, thank you for hopping on. I will definitely be advertising your product. Uh, people can find me on Instagram. I'm advertising it all the time. You can go to my Share B&B page. Uh, but, yeah, definitely hop on it. Everyone out there, uh, it's a really good tool. Definitely cut my vacancy way, way down. So, yeah, definitely thanks for helping hopping on with us. Thank you, Anurag. Um, thanks for uh, having me over. Yeah, pricelabs.co, folks. Check them out. Well, this has been a great show. Thanks a lot, Anurag Verma, for jumping on. And I'm sorry for butchering your name so many times, but (laughs) we had had great fun with you. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe you can hop on the show again in the future with us. This is great. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Take care. Bye. So that was AV. I call him AV. A little AV, bit easier. Yeah, yeah, and a rag Verma um, from Price Labs. And I mean, you've tried them out, and I still I'm on Beyond Pricing, but I'm gonna jump on there. Oh, I'm gonna yeah, jump on there, on man. There. You gotta jump on that. You, you gotta jump on Turnover B. <laughs> We got. Hey, everyone. We're gonna. We need to be encouraging Steve to automate his B and B. Automation, man. 
Yeah. Got to get with the automation game. Hashtag automate Steve, you know. Yeah, automate Steve. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Any, anytime you leave us any message, type in hashtag automate Steve. <laughs> get encouraging. <laughs> automate <laughs> Hell yeah, that was a great show, man. Yeah, good I dig show. It. I'm glad. I mean, ah, that's why. That's why we do this, right? Yeah, definitely, I mean, dog. You use this yeah. product yourself, and then you got to talk to the founder, man. Isn't yeah, that some yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, man. Get up. St- oh yeah, you got to get on uh, LinkedIn, man. That's how I found him on LinkedIn. I was like, I gotta find the Price Labs guy. Went on there and found him. Tip of the day, LinkedIn. I'm not yeah. even on LinkedIn, oh, man. Gotta get on. I don't LinkedIn. know why I'm not on there. Every single entrepreneur is on there. Yeah, Sweet. gotta get on LinkedIn. Awesome, man. Well, this is a great show, dude. Yep. This is a great way to hit um, episode 80, you know. Yeah. And um, 100 miles and running. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, guys. We're um, happy that y'all are um, liking the show. And we hope to do uh, more great shows for you guys. Peace. Later. Price Labs. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.